Beck and Gazeel here, and this is some of the best bits of our show in the last 24 hours. It'll make your wildest dreams come true. Well, it's definitely some bits of the show from the <laughs> last 24 hours, but we really hope you enjoy it. And a very good morning, and welcome to the studio, children's learning specialist Natalie Nichols. Good morning. Good morning, mate. How are you? Good, good. How are you? It's uh, the fortnight comes around again, and here we are, it's continuing fun. chatting about kids learning. Yes. Always lots to unpack, but today's a really, really, I mean, it's good every time you come in and share your knowledge and wisdom. Today, what are we going to be chatting about? Today, I'd like to talk about play. Play, yes, yes. this sounds like fun. <laughs> At school, or home, or both? Yeah, I think a bit of both. And yeah. how we learn? Yeah, and and the connection, actually, between ah. learning and play. And um, yeah, I just okay. like to hear a lot from the audience about play. No books, no nothing academic, purely yeah. learning from play. Yes. Now, Natalie, a lot of people may may have heard of this terminology you're talking about today. But I guess to start off, what is play based learning? Can you kind of just unpack for a bit before we kick off? Yeah, so um, commonly a lot of parents would hear about play-based learning, particularly if they've got younger children or had younger children in school. Okay. Um, and, uh, and there's an opportunity, obviously, for kids, uh, you know, really starting with that pre-kindy, kindy, and at least hopefully that pre-primary age, yeah. um, where it's not play as such as recess and lunchtime. So what I'm trying to th- distinguish is that it's not, we're not talking about playtime. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about all the fun stuff. We're not talking about play time at recess and lunch. Um, obviously, that's very important. Yeah. But what we're talking about is when kids have the opportunity to play and explore during those class hours, those teaching hours at school. And okay. what that really means um, from a, obviously from teacher, but also from a parent's perspective, it's, um, I've had a lot of conversations with, with obviously teachers and done a lot of training on it. And also I, um, I then hear from the other side, being a parent myself, that, um, that parents don't necessarily understand what's actually going on when the kids are playing, um, during school time. Rightio. So this is what they call the term play-based Learning. Has this been around for a while or is this relatively newish? Yeah, that's an interesting right. question, Mike. So, um, as with most things um, in the education field, it, it kind of goes through cycles. Yeah, okay. Um, there's more recently been um, a, a bigger push. Um, I think it, there used to be many years back, it used to be a huge big thing, then mm. it kind of went away and that's coming back. And the reason it's um, taking a lot more of a comeback now is because they've realised the impact, the lack of mm. play is having on a child's future learning and development. That's interesting. Yeah. Rather than all, all paperwork and book work, yes. you can still learn by, by other methods. And I'm yes. sure some kids would learn differently through play-based. Yes. Would that be fair to say? Yeah. No, definitely. And so when we're talking about play-based learning, we're talking about um, having a period of time within the classroom. So it's not like they take away literacy and take away numeracy, time, okay. teaching time. Yep. It's more that, yes, we have the direct time of teaching literacy. We have the direct time of teaching numeracy. But there'll be opportunities to be exploring and to be playing. So there's some schools that actually have a proper pedagogy for that. They even go up to almost year three where they have investigations or stations set up so that kids have the opportunity to actually be free and explore those areas that they naturally are interested in. Okay. Does it change from 
So does it change from school to school? Would different schools mm. implement different elements of play-based learning? So yeah. it really gets back to the individual school. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, and okay. so, um, and this is where um, usually the big drive, obviously it's either between obviously the, the school and the, the heads, but it can also come from the parents. Right. Okay. You know, and, that, and this is where we're just thinking about the understanding of what, what is actually play, what actually is going on during that, um, that play period. Um, because I do hear a lot from um, parents that they would, like, they would prefer to have uh, the direct um, chalk and talk teaching in the sessions than their kids playing around um, exploring with hammers and nails or, um, you know, pouring water and sand here and there or playing dress-ups. Sounds like or fun. Or playing shops. <laughs> <laughs> playing bunning shops. <laughs> I love that. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. And so there are obviously lots of mixed views and interpretations of this importance um, of play. And, um, yeah, I just – it'd be interesting to hear mm. um, different viewpoints of different yep. generations as well. Um, and, and yeah, how people feel about it in schools. Love it. We'll take a break. We'll come back and chat some more. Uh, the We'd love to talk to you today. What are your thoughts? How do you feel as a parent about play-based learning? Don't have to agree. Just love to get your thoughts today. Interesting when you talk about generations because it would have been different. I'm just thinking back to when I was at, mm. in, in those lower years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going back a little while. <laughs> um, but we, we played a lot. But we'll come back and chat about that. But yep. love to hear from you today. What are your thoughts on play-based learning? I mean, we've been chatting about play based learning good morning diana hello what are your what are your thoughts is this any good or not what 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 do you think as an early childhood educator and i have a two-year-old a three-year-old and a four-year-old um hang on two two, three and four (laughs) yes (laughs) and you've got (laughs) and you've got time to ring us (laughs) yes Yes, I do. <laughs> it's all about having time management. <laughs> awesome. Sorry, Diana. Um, Keep going. I, no, that's okay. Um, yeah, I found as a teacher, parents wouldn't really understand why place-based learning has a place because they, they just don't understand how little children in particular learn, especially in the early childhood setting. When you've got a little kid like four years old, um, they're not going to sit there and have flashcards to learn about colours. It's, it's that little bit harder for them. They don't want to sit down. They want to get up and move. So, okay, great. Let's go in the bush, in the backyard, um, find um, some leaves that are red. Find me leaves that are yellow or green. And, and that will bring out the learning a lot more than sitting there and having flashcards of a colour or flashcards of a shape. Do you know what I mean? Like kids don't want to just sit there. They want to move. Mm. And we've got to enhance that movement with their learning to encourage that growth. Wow, there you go. Natalie's, Natalie's agreeing, yes, aren't you, with, yes, uh, with Diana? Fantastic. Are you still teaching, Diana? I'm on mat leave at the moment, maternity okay. leave. Um, oh. I return um, to pre-primary in um, term three, doing one day a week. I okay. can't do any more than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, and I do prefer early childhood in that regard because you just have that so much more freedom in, in teaching the kids because they are younger and you can do more play based, but it's not... It's not play um, for the sake of play. It's play for the sake of learning. And yeah. I feel that sometimes yeah. parents do misunderstand that. Yes. But if they were to see it in practice, 
oh, you can you just get so much more out of the kids from it. There we go. Diana, really appreciate you. That's some great thoughts here. Thanks for calling in today. You're in the running to be crowned our weekday's winner, so keep listening between now and midday. Thank you. Good on you. That's uh, Diana. There, some good thoughts, eh? Hey? She's Fantastic. literally backing up. Yes. Not not everyone would agree, and love to talk to you today. Give us a call if you don't agree. Can uh, you get your thoughts? Nine three one three zero ninety eight five. Two year old, three year old, and a four year old. Hat off to you. A- absolutely. <laughs> Admire you. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah. And I love that example of just being yeah, outside. Colours. Yeah. And it's the application. Mm. So, you know, if, just going back to Diana's example, if we have flashcards, how can we apply that flashcard of being a red flashcard to the red flower in the garden, mm, right? Yeah. So it's those, what we talked about a few weeks ago about, go about being in the moment. Yes. Remember I the remember moments? That? Yes, yeah. I do. And so if yeah. you connect that, this can also go back down to parents, you know, that if they're playing with their children, they might be explore playing mm. um, and out in the garden and looking at different things and you know these are different colors of this and you know and and seeing that this is part of our real world and um, part of our real environment and um, yeah there's obviously different views and different understandings of what um, what we mean mm. um, about that but um, at the same time it's important to remember that um, just because it, it looks unstructured doesn't mean there's no learning taking place is that the perception the perception is the word yeah. play the the one the perception go were well, they, they, are they yeah. just mucking around like, well this is the thing I think when we think of play like for example when I think initially before I you know went into more on, on play-based learning mm. play to me would be like go to the playground Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. even commonly when I've spoke to teachers, they say, oh, yeah, they play at lunchtime. But that's not play-based learning, yes. though. Yes, yes. So it's a big difference. And even in the playground, obviously, they're still learning. They're yeah. just learning. They're learning more, um, you know, social skills and, their, you know, their body development learning and things like that. But when we're talking about um, intentional play. Right. So if you think okay. about providing the environment. A bit like what Diana was saying. What Diana was saying, yep. the environment is um, the most important. And um, I'll give you a little bit of a story to mm. share on this, on um, what really made me think quite um, intensely about this. So mm. this was actually um, a few years back and I was asked to become a parent helper for one of my children. Mm-hmm. And so I went into the classroom and my, my role was to help with a craft activity. Mm-hmm. As you do, and uh, and so um, I had to explain obviously the craft activity to the children, um, and then they had an opportunity to do the craft activity themselves. Now, um, I think we were making a um, we we're making some kind of person with with lots of different um, materials and things. Mm-hmm. Now. If you think about when you're being provided with um, materials and they're sitting um, in front of you, I had a group of five kids and I showed them, I said, this is an example of what you can do, but I'd like for you to do your own. Okay. Right. Now, after I'd explained this particular activity to the children, so sorry, I'll set the age, pre-primary. Sure. So right? we're so talking we're about five. Five. Yep. yep. Five. Okay. So um, interestingly, when I'd finished the instructions... Um, so I said, okay, we're going to put the eyes on, you know, dress it, et cetera, and everything. These are, and these are the crafts and activities you can you can use. I said, I stood back and I said, okay, it's your turn. Only two out of the five children went in to start making something. Mm. And it made me think, I'm going, okay, well, what what's happening with these other ones? One is... Could, could it be that they didn't understand the instruction? I thought, no, actually, it was quite an easy activity to do. It was, according to you. Well, it was, mm. it was quite straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. And then um, we asked them what happened. They said, well, how do I make it exactly like yours? Uh, this is the other three. 
This is the, the other yeah, three. Okay. I said, how can we make it exactly like yours? And I said, what I'd like you to do is just be free to create whatever you like. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that was a real challenge for some kids. So these particular three children found it difficult, one, to take the initiative to get going mm-hmm. onto the activity. Two, couldn't find that creativity to be able to just explore and be free and to be able to create what they wanted. Rather than just follow the exact instructions. Exact instructions. Yeah. Now, this tells me these three mm. children are more commonly being fed information constantly. Ah, right. Okay? They're waiting to be fed how to do it exactly. Interesting. Not being yep. free to do what they would like to do, free to play, mm. free to explore, and there's no right or wrong way to do it. Natalie, this is nothing new. I've just discovered. <laughs> Play-based learning happened in the 60s. There you go. That's what we did. We, we played. We, we played. played more. I, I think, anyway, we were out in the street until yes. dark. Yes. Everyone was out playing. Yes. Now, I don't know whether you'd call it play-based learning, but I think we were, I don't know, we were probably creative. Yeah, We'd definitely. be making things, yes. making go-karts and taking yes. wheels off things and doing all sorts of exactly. stuff. Exactly, that's all play. And we were, all, we were outside all the time. Yep. So it's been, probably be, been there, but not with official kind of yeah. uh, tag, I guess, as a play-based learning. Definitely. And it's really interesting if you compare the generations. Mm. So if you go back to that, so even like, for example, my dad would say to me, you know, my dad used to just give me a whistle at like dinner time and it'd be dark oh, and he yeah. would just have to come in. So it was oh, like wow. school would finish and he's off, right? Yes. And then just yeah. coming in when it's dinner. That's right. And some of my yeah. mum, she was just off jumping off the jetty and, you know, every day after school kind of thing yeah. and then and then come in, you know. That's right. You know, so that's, you know, them being free and exploring and um, and, and that stress release as well of being mm. able to do that. So if you, if you think about it from the other perspective of, you know, how much time and the moments we have with our kids in the afternoons, mm. they're also showing, the experts are showing that we – the kids are not having enough time to play like that. Because they're inside all the time. Well, if you think about it, you wake up in the morning, you go to school, you come home from school. What happens after school? Sometimes they've got an after-school activity, which is directed. Yeah, sure. Okay, that's not free, right? Yeah. And then, um, or they've got homework. Of course, yep. You know, or we're locked inside. Mm. You know, where's the opportunity for us to... For the kids to be outside, I mean, look, you know, sometimes there's opportunities to go to playgrounds and have play dates mm. and that, that's fantastic. But, you know, we can become quite scheduled in that and we are then missing out on those foundational learning skills yeah, right. and those, those fundamental learning skills that can support our social skills, that can support our creativity, support our resilience, mm. support our emotional regulation. Um, and it'd be really, yeah, interesting to hear if anyone's of the different generations, I think. Of, Absolutely. Yeah, uh, please call 9313098895. Maybe you're from my generation or maybe a little bit older. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just thinking <laughs> late, late 60s, early 70s. But it was, I mean, when you think about that time, there was an element of freedom. Yeah. It is, and it, look, it is different. It's a different time, we're in, and I totally mm. get that. But yeah, mm. it's interesting as we're talking about this, mm. about how we learnt was quite different to how we're learning now. Yeah, definitely, mm. definitely. Um, yeah, it's interesting to kind of see because that um, now they've obviously had to go into so much more research, which I mentioned earlier. But you know, this decline in play, there's actually a thing called, would you believe, um, a play deficiency? No. I've never heard of this. There is actually a term if a child has a play deficit or play deficiency. What? Yes. No, how do they do- – <laughs> come on. 
How do they how do they diagnose that? <laughs> okay, so there are symptoms actually, or, or deprivation, play deprivation. That's really interesting um, because they're I'm not showing, surprised, but yeah, yeah. So research from the US, yep. UK, and mm-hmm. Australia and other nations have revealed a dramatic decline in children's free play especially free outdoor play over the past several decades. And the decline in play has been accompanied by a dramatic increase in childhood depression, right. childhood anxiety mm-hmm. um, and suicides. And according to some research, a decline in empathy and a rise in narcissism. Wow. Really Inter- interesting, interesting stuff, re- isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that is really interesting. Um, and uh, and then they talk about, you know, how do we know if a kid has a play deprivation? So there's um, a three, uh, one, two, three, four, three to four things to look at. And it's, um, you know, a lack of interest in exploring the environment. Wow. So if you're kind of outside, they're just zero interest in, in things, you know, because it's natural mm. for us as kids to kind of want to explore. Like you were saying, yes. as a kid, you wanted to go out Absolutely. and explore things. Yeah. Um, increased irritability. So okay. if kids don't have an opportunity to de-stress. So play is a natural de-stressor. Mm, it's good. Being able to healthy. express and just get rid of that stress is being able to, to explore and to play. And also that interpersonal stress and um, unaware of how to um, relieve or get rid of that internal mm. stress. Good morning, Shannon. You've got some thoughts on this today? Yes, good morning. I, I remember watching a program many years ago, actually, and it was um, a study. I think it was a UK-based study. And they were have they had a group of researchers had brought kids into a room and they would give them a paper plate and um, and say okay well, what can you do with this <laughs> and a lot of the kids were saying they came up with sort of four or five things that you could do with this paper plate and um, one child came in and he said oh, you can do anything with this. You could make a hat out of it. You could make a wheel. You could do... He came up with... There was... You know, he just kept on going on and on and on. And um, the researchers were saying that this element of creative play um, is just is, is just really important. And um, they could... It, it, it is um, a predictor of future future success and being able to think outside the box and this um, this child um, was actually from quite a, a poor family it turned out but um, he had to create his own play because he didn't have any of the the toys or technology so he he used to he had to create his own play and anyway I, th- I thought that was that mm. was um, a really interesting program at the time and um, so now when the kids come I've got four children, but when the kids come and say, oh, mum, I'm bored, I say, great. Mm, This is an opportunity for you to actually go out and see, see what you can do. You know, this is a, this is that opportunity for your brain to grow and to, and to stimulate that creative thought. Fantastic. You're bored. Excellent. Well, we'll think about things. What can you do? Go outside, have a look at the ants crawling, have a look at, see what's under your bed that you haven't seen for a while. Like, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, so I sort of push them to go and, you know, to use that opportunity. That's Shannon. How old are your four kids? They are 7, 9, 11 and 13. Righty, oh, so you're right in that right in that pocket of getting you know, challenging them to get out there and uh, and do more play yeah. play-based learning. It can be a challenge. I mean, about 
for about the first sort of 15 or 20 minutes, you, you have to stay strong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but then, you know, you sort of leave them to it and eventually they do. And they, and they make up games together and you'll see them um, going outside and doing things. And they do. They go and, and, and do their own thing, which mm. I think is, yeah, I think is important Shannon, that's a great call. Really appreciate you calling in today. Uh, you, we were talking off air about the whole boredom issue, yes. and then Shannon yes. just mentioned that. Then, do you yeah. just want to expand on on, on what uh, Shannon just said about being, the, being bored is not such a bad thing, right? No, no. We feel like we've got to yes. keep them busy. Yeah, that's keep, right. Yeah, we always have this thing like, oh, my kid's got to learn something, or or my kid has to be doing something, or they're going to do, be, do, do. Yeah, um, and just that's uh, I love you, Shannon, how you said about just you know that that first fifteen minutes is a bit crazy when the kids are bored and there can be a lot of whinging <laughs> potentially, um, you know, but just allowing them and, and being calm at the same time um, to explore and think, yes, what can I do now that I'm bored? And giving those prompts as well. I love how you were saying, you know, go have a look outside or look under your bed or, you know, sometimes we just have to give them a couple of ideas as to um, what to go and do. Um, And this is what we were talking about, that intentional play, about even providing a couple of, um, you know, interesting things that they could be exploring. And it might just be natural stuff that you might just put outside. Like it doesn't Mm. have to be something you've bought from the shop or anything. Exactly. Um, You know, um, it, it can be just some, you know, uh, even just some some pegs or, mm. um, you know, some uh, honky Something sticks simple. or some, yeah. you know, sticks around or, you know, what can you do with these or some pipes mm. or, you know, just something for them to, to be exploring with and mm. looking around the house to build or create, you know. Um, I remember as a kid being bored a lot as well, but I remember being creative about it too. You know, we used to go grab mum's sheets. She used to hate it. Yeah. And we would put them over the swings and create a hammock. Oh, brilliant. But then the sheets yeah. would break. <laughs> of course. <laughs> So my poor mum ended up having no sheets. Now I recognise why she was angry. Um, but just being able to think, I was bored. What am I going to yeah. do? We're going to make a hammock and we're going to yeah. tie it from one end to the other and we're going to sit in these things. Love and, it. You know, just thinking, what am I going to do? Mm. But that that creativity is not something that we're assessing at school. You can't, yeah, you can't yeah. necessarily assess. And that's why I love that research Shannon was showing about the plate and what you can do with the plate. Yeah. And that's exactly like that craft activity. What can you do with mm. something you've been provided with? Now, if you think about our 21st century skills yeah. that we need for the future, mm. it's that stuff. We need problem solving. We mm. need creative right. people. Who's going to come up with solutions to these illnesses or solutions right. that are coming up with new um, innovative ideas mm. and, um, and providing that future um, 21st first century yeah. stuff so these are our future skills that we need to be providing us um, for our kids um, in addition obviously to our academics but making sure that we're not losing yeah. that um, that play and that exploring and that creativity good topic this yeah. one um, again it was great talking to Shannon and also also Diana uh, Shannon had uh, four kids seven nine eleven and thirteen and uh, Diana had three two three and four we're agreeing with the play. We need to have more play-based learning. Yeah. It's quite an interesting topic, isn't it? Yes. Anything, is there anything that we didn't get to, Natalie, today of talking about play-based learning? Yeah, look, we've pretty I, well covered it. Yeah, we've covered a lot. I think one of the big things I wanted to get across to 
families is that, you know, just to have a think about um, how much play we are providing for our kids. So um, we talked a couple of weeks back about being in the moment um, (laughs) and working out how many hours we actually have within our year um, with Mm. our kids um, and thinking about, you know, are we um, allowing our kids after school, before school, um, weekends, how much time is giving them the opportunity to explore, to be bored, like Shannon was saying, go Mm. have a look at the ants. Yeah, count the ants. Yeah. Those kind of things, giving them the chance to be creative because that leads to, if you think about when you're writing, you need creativity. You That's know, right. social yeah. skills, taking turns, like these are all foundational skills for life. Um, and so if we think about it, that they are learning when they are playing. Sometimes we need to set up a bit more of an intentional environment and sometimes some specific activities regarding that as long as it's mm. open-ended we don't want anything too yeah. closed um and remembering that if your, your school does offer that play-based learning that that's great yeah okay. you're in a great yeah. school if you've mm. got play-based learning going on particularly even if it goes past year one that's even better because usually by year one there are the desks are happening oh, um, right. but you know it is actually really good for your child intentional play-based learning is great for your child's foundation learning and development I might start it here at the office, play, introduce play-based <laughs> learning here. Do you reckon that, how do you reckon that would go down? Well, as adults, you, you play in different ways. That's what I'm just you thinking. Do. do you reckon it would work? <laughs> I might have to email my boss and see if we can implement play-based <laughs> learning here at the office. And Natalie, we are, we are out of time. We could keep talking. We'll catch up in a fortnight. We will. Thanks, my Mike. guest in the studio this morning has been Natalie Nichols, Children's Learning Specialist. You are on 98.5. Good morning. Whew. What a hoot that was. That was. Oh, I'm yeah. tired just from listening to it. Oh, I'm energised. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you want more from The Drive Show, just visit 985.com. And don't forget, you can tune in live anytime for more of this great banter.